This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pilas, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is here this morning. It's never too late to start your Christmas shopping. I don't know. I think maybe. But uh, especially with the Black Friday deals coming up. It's going to be big after Turkey Day. And from the latest and greatest to tool belt classics. I love that. I love talking about tools. Anyway, uh, also in between, we're going to talk about your home improvement stuff, of course. You can send an email, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys this morning? Pam, come on. Pam, <laughs> we're, we're like drawing it Pam, out of Pam this Pam, morning. Pam is a little bit green this morning. A little right? bit, yeah. But we are we are glad we have her back. Yeah, it's good, it's good to be back. We, I, I rode back into town just praying <laughs> I wouldn't throw up in my car. <laughs> That's fabulous this yes, morning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome home, Pam. Right. No, I'm, I'm pretty good today. I hope today. nobody was eating breakfast. Oh, right. golly. Yeah, we're a little past that. I do want to tell you a quick story, though. You talk about Christmas shopping. Okay. My father was famous for doing this. He would go shopping on Christmas Eve. That was when he would do his yeah. Christmas shopping. That's when shopping. I've done most of mine through yeah. my life. Right. He'd go Isn't out. that the day you go? Yeah, <laughs> and he'd, he'd hit the mall on Christmas Eve, and then he'd, take it, he'd throw it all in the back of his pickup. And then he'd back that pickup into the garage, and we weren't allowed to go out there while he was wrapping. Uh, oh, wow. And then That's he'd start a, now, bringing the gifts in. <laughs> hey, you remember when Black Friday was a real deal? Oh, yeah. I mean, now everybody has a Black Friday. Well, it's for a like, month. Well, exactly. Yeah, you got <laughs> Monday and a Tuesday. Right. And, but I'm talking back back when it was the, the day. day. Okay? Yeah. Well, yeah. one time I decided. It only I takes think, once. I think I'm going to go do that. and. So I, I get up, I get prepared. Oh, it was the most horrible it's experience. It's a terrible experience. Oh, it's, it's horrible. Oh, look, terrible. Back in the day when it was like they were making movies about it, I was throwing yeah. elbows with the yeah. rest of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the two TVs that were on sale and the for rest three, of them. Uh, yeah, 300 oh, bucks uh-huh. for a TV. What right. do they call that, bait and switch? Right. I don't know. All I right. call it. Jeff's not going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of, I wanted to start with a email that we got. Jeff, uh, it says, Jason and Jeff, your pronunci- pronunciation. <laughs> See? Pronunciation. See, pronunciation. They're, they're, hey, they're fixing to beat up on us for I last know, week. I know, and I'm left out. That's good. But go. Here we go. Jason and Jeff, your pronunciation of turban, turban. turban. is correct. And actually, the preferred one, as it appears first in the definition on Webster's. I like, you know, so, I and, knew I was right. And, <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> Turban is... We're already making excuses for what we heard the email. Exactly. It says, thanks for a great show, Julian Oxford. But So, <laughs> Turban is correct. We, uh, we occasionally, I said it to someone here who is not from Mississippi. And I said turbine, yeah. and I thought they were going to just fall out laughing at me. Uh-huh. But apparently, it is turban. It's a turban. Ah, well, a turban. you know, you can get around that. Just say whirly bird. Whirly, yes. Just yes. call it the whirly bird, right? Or the thing that you don't use. <laughs> the spinner. You use the continuous ridge. Rib. Yeah. Right. And uh, one of the things that I got this week, and we we send texts and things back and forth to each other during the week of neat things that we say. And tell us about this conference that you were at, Pam. 
I was up at a home inspector conference. It's really a software company mm-hmm. that, and they've sponsored our show before. Right. Uh, it's called Porch. Mm-hmm. And I was up there. They were doing business training, and we they offered some conti- continuous education for folks that don't know. Uh, just like builders in the state, home inspectors have to have so many CEs. Just like teachers do. Uh, right. You know. Yeah, we have to have continuing education. Right. And so um, I was sitting in on a class on old wiring. And they put up a slide about what was at the top. It's a Consumer Product Safety Commission says leading causes of home fires. Of home fires. And yeah. in, in this particular thing uh, had, here, here's how it laid out. Okay. So. Uh, leading causes of home fires, cooking equipment, 28%. 28% cooking equipment. When you leave the bacon on and, right. you, and you go to do something else. <laughs> well, and if you think equipment, equipment can be oven, it can be a pan, it could be hey, a, a it, fan, it, it could be... It could be the microwave. It, yeah, it, it, Right, it, and it could be that... You know, hand towel that you set right there and mm-hmm. didn't realize right. it and turned around because you had a, a six-year-old... You know, yeah. having to break down about something. Right. So. Yeah, you're right. And that's and that's uh, cooking equipment. They need to put parenthood on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The leading cause. Uh, the leading yeah. cause. Yeah. Okay, so number two, and, and I can attest to this and have a big, ugly story about it from last year, heating equipment at 14%. Yep. And I have a space heater uh, adventure story from last year that will bring the hair up on your back. It's crazy. Well, I mean, think, think about what you've got. You have a fire. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It is a fire inside mm-hmm. that gray box. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I was watching something, interestingly enough, I was watching, I catch up on my football games when I got back in town because mm-hmm. I didn't watch TV while I was gone. And they were showing these big, enormous heaters that they have on the sidelines. Yes. yes. Yep. And the, the kicker had gone and put his foot in front of that thing. And the commentators were talking about he needs to be careful. They've seen it where it melted the cleats. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It, it yes. can, and that is a that is a serious well, heater, folks. Yeah. Most of the heaters that you buy in in your home, uh, or, or say like a small space heater, most of these things that you buy, I, I want you to understand how this works. The technology in that is over a hundred years old, easily. And what I mean by that is it's the same exact technology as you might use on the top of a stove, or in a in an old car cigarette lighter, you're heating a coil. You're basically putting energy into something that makes that thing hot, and that's what's heating it. Well, and then let's add in, and that's what this class was about. Let's just add in some old wiring. Right, right. It'd be fun. <laughs> you know, wires that were put in or installed 35, 40 years ago. Go back a little further, and they're covered well, in asbestos. You mm-hmm. know, 20-plus years of doing what I do. Um, I don't think we've ever had a electrical fire. Um, I'm sure we have, but mm-hmm. it's not. There wasn't enough electrical fires right. that stick out in my mind when I when 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 I start thinking how many fire jobs, how many houses we've rebuilt mm-hmm. um, over the past twenty years, right? Um, and it's at least three or four, mm-hmm. and I think that's being conservative. Right. So out of that three or four, I cannot remember one incident that it was truly caused by that electrical 
Well, the electrical distribution and lighting equipment, so wiring, faulty wiring, uh, is only 9% out of, of house uh, fires. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if the uh, Insurance Institute would have any figures on that, Jeff. You Absolutely. Think? I mean, sure on that, because I know now insurance companies are like they won't insure if you've got knob and tube. Some oh, companies, really? yeah, some wow. companies will not uh, insure you, you a know, home that is a knob and tube wire. Yeah. Um, well, I could see that. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. another one here that we mentioned right before we went into it from break is uh, this particular thing has candles at 5%. But, Jeff, you said that's your new enemy? I tell you, we've had several house uh-huh. fires with, with yep. kids actually playing with, with candles. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. 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 That's sad because that, that eventually <laughs> the kid's going to figure that out that, the, the burned down well, house laid on them. And adults, too. I mean, you think about it. And then we're talking about Christmas presents. How many of you have gotten a candle for <laughs> That's true, right. That's as true. a present? Right. And then it has all these, you know, aromas. And, mm-hmm. you, 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 you know, you're, one night you come in and you think, oh, I'm just going to have a nice, relaxing evening. And I'm going to light the candle. Light all these and candles. Then, and then you... you you put it out the next morning, uh-huh. right? Or you, or the fire department puts it. Well, true. <laughs> yeah, it can be, and something to think about with candles too is indoor air quality. It will what? affect your indoor air really? quality. Oh yeah, there have been some studies on yeah, that. I hadn't thought about that. And you think about the soot that is on your ceiling right above that candle. <laughs> That's true, and it is there. <clears throat> oh, it's yeah. very, very hard to recognize because it's faint for a while. Mm-hmm. You know? But if you do them on a regular basis, and especially like in apartments where you've got a small, you know, a small space. Right. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks and Pam Pibus from Inspect It Like a Girl. You can join the conversation this morning. Send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Let's do one of those right now. Uh, I've got a bathroom mirror that is apparently glued to the wall. I'd like to remove it, cut the water damage area off the bottom, and remount it. I'm not sure what I'm dealing with. Is there a standard method method that construction crews use to attach mirrors to walls? I intend to remount it with an inch of clearance above the counters. Uh, That's the reason why there's a problem with the water, they say. Um, If I can successfully move the mirror intact, what adhesive should I use to remount it? And any suggestions on how I can remove the mirror? Thanks, Janice in Walls, Mississippi. Okay. Yeah, most of those we can answer. Um, They are attached with construction adhesive. Um, The only way we have found to get them off is get a piano wire. Right. Put two. Now, when you say that, is that that like piano wire, or are you going to the music store and getting piano wire? Well, you know, we don't get them at the music store. We get them at the big box store. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. And uh, but it is a piano. It is some sort of we call it piano wire. That's what I I think it is. To, right. to be quite honest, it's got good ridges on it. You can saw it back and forth through your mirror uh-huh. between the mirror and the sheetrock, and uh, and get the mirror off. Now be careful. Uh, you are dealing with glass. It will break. Mm-hmm. So wear gloves. Wear eye protection. Now the other part that bothers me, I don't think is you're going to be successful, is cutting the bottom of that mirror off. I don't think that's ever going no, to happen. I, I think he's saying uh, cutting out the stuff that has gone bad behind the mirror. 
he thinks that water settled in between the mirror and it was sitting on its base. Yeah, I get that part, but I also think the bottom of that mirror is messed up too. Nevertheless, if right. it's not, fix the water damage and then attach the mirror back with uh, some sort of construction adhesive. And and is there any sort of method to that madness? Can you just hold up the mirror, put construction adhesive on where you're supposed to, I guess on the wall or the mirror? Well, I would do both. Okay. And uh, I would do several spots. And you'll see when you take the mirror down that there mm-hmm. are several, you know, six-inch circles. of. Uh-huh. Uh, it's probably some blackish uh, yeah. uh, uh-huh. color. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mirror likes to rest on something. So right. if, if you're going to hold it off your countertop, put a piece of wood there to let that rest on until it is dry, and then and then remove that. Oh, nice. Good, good idea. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. Um, Alice is on the line in Macomb. She's got something to say about candle safety. Do you have a better way to do this, Alice? Yes, I do, and I'm loving it. The battery candles. The battery candles, yes. Nice. You know, Alice, I know that sounds, and some people think of that and maybe roll their eyes, but I'm telling you, I've seen them, and you can make them look nice. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. We use them. I've got one of those. Talk about Christmas. Years ago, I bought a metal-looking Christmas tree Uh up in Louisville, Kentucky, and it holds the little tea candles. Right, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what we did is we put those battery-operated little tea candles. Right, which is there. better than lighting 72 tea candles. Co- correct, oh, yes. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, right. you can't really tell the difference. They have hours, two, four, six, eight hours. Right, like eight hours, four, six, eight hours, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, thank you, Alice. That is a fantastic suggestion. I think people should think about that, and they're reusable. So once you burn the candle, it's 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 burnt. Yeah, so. true. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> we were talking. We were going to mention space heater safety, and here's a couple of things that that one should remember. Uh, space heater safety. You need to keep it at least three feet, three feet, not inches, from anything flammable and lots of things are flammable like, oh yeah. yeah especially you know, during christmas i Almost did an inspection flammable. the other day and there was you remember those old electric wall heaters yeah you know from the 60s oh yeah in the 70s and so uh just to prove the point i opened up the bathroom cabinet door <laughs> and it was right in front of the wall of course heater. <laughs> sure right because that's how they that's right. I mean, that's how they built them. It, it amazes me. I remember the houses from when I was a kid, and I would always see the 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 big heaters built into the wall, and the wall was built of wood paneling. And I thought, that's just... I know it. And then there's a towel rod right above right, it. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a miracle we grew up. I know, It right? really is. We made it. I think yeah. you're right. Uh, don't leave your heater unattended. This is where I blew it last year. My heater was on, and I forgot and I left. Yep. Yeah. That's, and I tell you something I have to do more and more is I when I do something and I need to remember that I did it, I set a timer on my watch. <laughs> well, and another thing is, and we mentioned it uh, on the show about a month ago, and here is another situation where a, a timer is not a, a bad thing. A timer might be helpful. Um they like setting a 15-minute timer. And, you know, you, there are those timers you can plug into. 
Well, a lot of heaters now have timers. Right. So you can put them on some type of a timer switch. Right. I I started doing that because um, a couple of years ago, I've got a tiny little swimming pool in my backyard, and I was going to fill it with water, and I turned it on, and I went to bed. I forgot. (laughs) Oh, man. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, so I I pretty much filled up the neighborhood with water. Sure. That was an expensive little mistake. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Right. I have to call the water company next day. Yeah, I did, and they didn't help me much. So I just had to – I learned if I'm going to do something like that, I'm going to set a timer. And then, you know what's funny, Jeff? I'll set that timer, and the timer goes off, and I'm like, why is that thing going right. off? Right, right. <laughs> How come the timer's going off? Why is that off, timer right? going off? <laughs> Have I got something in the oven? <laughs> right. I don't smell cooking. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, God. Then I have to go to the sticky note. Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> Look, another thing to make sure, when you're plugging in any heater, only plug it into the wall. Don't plug it into any sort of extension cord or power distribution, anything like that. Uh, just to the wall, and it will, it can melt that uh, that extension cord straight down to the copper. And that's where my story comes in. At really, Uh-oh. I did, I did that with, and it was before I knew what I was doing. Uh huh. And I tried to go and unplug the uh, oh <laughs> unplug the heater. Uh huh. No can do. No, right. it was all one, it was high, one solid, one it was solid fused together. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Also, uh, make sure that you have a working smoke and carbon monoxide alarm. Please. I was I was in the big box Please. stores the other day, and they had a whole kiosk full, including the plug-in carbon monoxide things. They had they had every kind you want. We mentioned on the show that it might not be a bad idea to do different alarms for different things. In other words, have a specific fire alarm, smoke alarm, and then have a specific carbon monoxide alarm instead of one. Uh, thing in a box. And let me mention this too. Jeff knows in new construction, they do an awesome job of placing these smoke detectors. What I see in the biggest mistake I see in old construction is a smoke detector at the bottom of a vaulted wall. Folks, where's the smoke going? That's right. To the top. <laughs> it's going to the top. You know, I do not have a problem. It's not code, but I do not have a problem putting smoke detector in your attic. I really I, don't. I actually think it's a great idea. I, I've done it. You know, we've we've done it several times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that's and specifically, I mean, and you know more than I do on this, Jeff. But when when a fire hits the attic, you're pretty much done. It's over. Yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. When it yeah. when it when it gets to that attic, right? Uh, during normal construction, that it's built the way we build most houses with right. that attic breathing mm-hmm. uh that 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 house is becomes a is, chimney yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's gone and you got to think about too this happened in the house i was doing the other day this was a cool cool house but they had come into a carport and turned it into a garage okay and when they did that between the carport and the den was a single pane window that ran the entire length uh, yeah so now you've broken that firewall, and most – I don't know, do a lot of fires start in a garage? That's a very Can't. good place to start them. Yes. Uh, I had one in uh, Clinton that actually they were heating um, their cats with a with a light. Mm-hmm. When the light fell down, fell on top of the lawnmower. And it oh, no. It caught Are on you, fire. And you, so it's you, unbelievable. You almost can't write this stuff. How am I happy? I know. Well, and if you've got single pane glass, it will break. And so, most in new construction, 
if you've got a window between your garage and the house, let's say in a door or hmm. whatever, it's got to have an etching in there that says it's fire grade. Well, wow. but well, that's that doesn't mean code either. Um, if you have glass, like on your garage walk door, that right. most of them walk into the kitchen mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. mudroom, mm-hmm. uh, you cannot have glass in that door. Interesting. Yeah. Until okay. after you get your CO. I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. All so right. I'm saying Pam, it for all those Pam folks. didn't say that. <laughs> right. All right. Look, uh, Robert from Natchez called. He's uh, uh, restoring a home and couldn't stay on the line right now. But he mentioned there is a liquid for mirrors available at all the hardware stores for the back of the mirror. Liquid. To do what? I don't know if that if that is to take it. Uh, oh, liquid nails. Okay. Okay. Yes. Liquid nails. Yeah. It, it's the adhesive. That's the that, construction adhesive that, that uh, Jeff a, had mentioned. Yeah. Or one of them. Liquid nails, if it's what I'm thinking of the liquid nail, it can get brittle. So mm-hmm. I don't want something brittle. I want something a little pliable, something with a silicone uh, right. They, they they have actual mirror adhesive. Right. Hang on. Mike is on the line in Memphis, and he's talking about getting the mirrors off the wall. You Good. had mentioned using piano wire. What are you thinking, Mike? Hey, guys. Great show. Thank you. Uh, what I do is shims. Okay. I use a start at the very top, yep. and you just put them in a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time. And it'll pull it right off that wall without breaking the whole mirror. If, Mike, if we have you a, have patience. We have a policy here, Mike, about uh, jargon. Tell us what a shim is. <laughs> oh, they know what a shim is. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I know these guys do. explain a shim better than me. You, okay. know, you know, Mike, a shim is, is, is good, but you just have to have patience. And what, what Mike's talking about. It's very slow. Yes, it's it is very, very slow. slow. It, it's a little triangle piece of wood if you will mm-hmm. and what mike's talking about is putting it between the sheetrock and the well whatever between that wall, the wall wall yeah. surface is and the mirror and gently tapping that and let it let it catch up when oh you that sounds it, i mean that just sounds like up. a broken mirror to jason well hmm. not, and it may break uh-huh. that's why i said wear gloves and eye protection mm-hmm. um so. What do you do to um, – is this a one-man job, one-gal no. job? No, you need a couple people, people, especially if this mirror's of any size. Mike, right. have you done this more than once? Uh, many times, many times. And the deal – that's the deal is it's real slow, and you, if, if, the, if the mirror goes from wall to wall, it's really hard to get a wire behind it. True. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yep, that's, that's a good point. Huh, I didn't even think about that. That's a great, a great point, Mike. All right. Uh, Sorry, thanks. Guys. Thanks for the idea. Thanks, Mike. All right. Let's keep on moving. Uh, let's see. Jack is on the line in Hancock County. What's going on, Jack? Well, I have the fortunate problem of having a 23-year-old home whose roof does not leak and is not missing any shingles. And I want to know how I'm how I can determine if it's time to replace it. It's just a regular asbestos shingled roof. But my insurance company has hit me with a large deductible because of the age of my roof in the case I file a wind damage claim, which hopefully I won't have to do. Right. But how can I look in, in, at that roof and, and tell if it's time to replace it or not? Boy, 23 years on a roof is is nice. Um, Especially in Mississippi. Yeah. It was put there correctly. Yeah. Sounds like Well, I, I'll try to find the same guy to put the next one on, but, you know. <laughs> well, 
I don't want to. Twenty-three just years, just he's probably going. It's this thing. I mean, it's not leaking. It's not causing a problem, except in my wallet. If if I have an insurance claim, is that something I need to look at? Well, you don't need to go find an insurance claim. You know, Jack. I think I think I'm going to leave my roof alone. If it, you know, it wouldn't hurt to get it inspected. Uh, make sure that we haven't lost, you know, excessive granulars. A, a roof does shed a little. Um, make sure that we don't have hail damage. Now, a real quick and easy way to see if you have hail damage, if you're comfortable getting on your roof, is look at your soft metals, meaning your Boots. heater stacks, mm-hmm. anything that that has a soft metal on it, if it has dents on it, you know you got hail, but was it enough to damage the shingle? Yeah, and you can also, let me add to that, you can look at compressor fins on your air conditioner. Interesting. It may show, you can look at your gutters. They may have dings in it. And also, if you have gutters, look at the downspout at at the end of the downspout where the water's coming out. And Mm -hmm. if there's a pile of asphalt right there... (laughs) You might. It might be time for a new roof. Right. But well, you, I, you really have to get a roofer out there to give you, you an opinion right. on that. You really need to, and uh, just get a certified roofer to come look at it. But hey, it's it's twenty two ish years old. I'm not having any problems with it. I have no leaks, and it looks good. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it once a year. Yeah, Jack. There were roofs that were put in last week that leak. Uh, be happy that you got a roof that's been good for you for 23 years. <laughs> and let me make a suggestion. Oh. For those of you who are new homeowners, if you get into a house, keep in mind, you're going to have maintenance issues. It just happens. So one of, the, one of the smartest things, and I'm not just a very smart person, but one of the smartest things I ever did is I started putting every month money into a bank account money market that was not for nothing but maintenance issues that's all it's for huh. house maintenance issues it was a hundred bucks a month i've been in the house 28 years right so i've got a sum there if i need a new roof i'm gonna get a new roof right if i need a new air conditioner i'm gonna get a new air conditioner now i know um that might not be for everybody but if you can be a little forward thinking mm-hmm. and be and what's the word I'm looking for? You don't want to be reactive, but be proactive. proactive. So even if you put $25 in something, because houses hey, it, need it, listen, maintenance. It, it is going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, I could go to any house, new or old, and find something that needs to be worked on. Mm-hmm. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Okay, on the line right now, I just got to go talk to Jesse in Miami. Jesse, where are you from? Florida, Miami. Uh, Miami. I listen to you on the radio, on the iHeartRadio. Oh, okay, good deal. Oh, awesome. So you're in Miami. So what were you going to say and about I that? I listen to I, I signed you through the garden show. No, on the uh, <laughs> on your timer, I usually use my phone, and that way I can also give it a memo in case of that. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. There's okay. your there's your sticky note and yeah. your timer. Uh, yeah. Hey, what's so the temperature in Miami? Oh, I have no idea. It's about uh, 80 degrees. Nice. Of course. Oh, nice. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, another thing that uh, 
wire that you want to use for the the uh, mirror is your fishing leader line. Oh, well, that, oh leader line. There that, we that go. That would work too. Yeah, you're right. Very good. Good idea. That's a great idea. All right, thanks a lot. I know you carry it in your fishing box all the time, but you never thought of it. I did not. Right. I did not. I right. know. I know Jeff, Jeff carries that box everywhere. I know I've been it. buying piano wire. Can't even play the piano. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jack. We appreciate you listening from Miami. From keep Miami. going. Awesome. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, Alan is on the line in Pearl, and this is, this is a very important call. What's going on with you, Alan? Yes, sir. Um, thank you all for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um We've got gas logs, and we've had them for years, and in the wintertime, we use them. And, uh, but we've noticed that, um, you know, when we're using them, if we leave them on a long time, and the flame and all, uh, they're ventless, okay. the flame and all looks, looks fine, but when we use them for a long time, our carbon monoxide detector will go off, and this, you know, it's, and we have to open all the doors, all the windows, and after about 20 15, 20 minutes, you know, it'll go off. But, you know, I know a lot of people think, well, if you have a power outage, we'll just use our gas logs. But people need to be aware that, you know, you you know, you need to kind of watch that. Jeff, what's going on there? Pam, do you know? Well, how I want to ask some questions. Um, Alan, yes, how ma'am. old is the unit? Yes, ma'am. Now, they are old. They're probably 20 years old. Were they, um, Jeff, do you know if they were doing oxygen depletion um, on 20 years you know, ago? I don't. Uh, I would strongly, strongly recommend that you update those. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I, yeah. I think I would. That does sound very dangerous. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. because there, there's a set of logs, ventless logs, that you tell me if I'm right, Pam, I'm 99% sure I am. If if the CO2 levels get to a certain level, it automatically cuts off. Yeah, it's called an ODS, yes. Oxygen Depletion Sensor. Yeah. And yes, ma'am. Because that's yeah. what carbon monoxide does. It eats up all the oxygen. That's right. And, and, right. and, and right. it's still going to do that even if they're ventless or vented. Right. Because it monitors, is still a flame. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've got them on, on mine. Um, and mine, and they're brand new. Mine went right. out, you know, over the weekend, I mm-hmm. think, because I just ran it so long. Uh, right, but that 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 ODS was probably not on that set of logs right. twenty, 20 it, years ago. They're extremely dangerous. And another thing to think about too, on right. when you burn gas, you get water. So you yeah. may notice whenever you're burning your gas logs that you're getting a lot of condensation on your windows because it's yes, we do. Mm-hmm, it creates a lot, yeah. a lot of water. So I would just i'd I'd get a who's our said Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. Our chimney guy, yeah. I'd get him over there to to uh, take a look at those. And it could also be when you run gas logs, especially on the ventless ones, what they do right. is they pull air from the bottom, mm-hmm. okay? So it's sucking air underneath. And I have looked in those things before, and they are disgusting. So yeah. it might just need to be cleaned out. And I have seen plumbers take canned air and blow out this little orifice yeah. beneath the um um, the flame, the pilot, mm-hmm. and clean right. all that out, and it may work better. But at a yeah. minimum, I would get somebody over there to take a look at those. Well, if if Pam, if you guys are in agreement, Jeff and Pam, uh, if he does not have this 
uh, OS sensor, OES, yeah. uh, seems like he needs to replace before he makes you, a mistake. You know, I'm, I'm reading something right now. It says most experts recommend um, that you run your ventless fireplace no longer than three hours at a time. Really? Yeah. 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 Does that make sense, Alan? Well, yes, it does. And that's, you know, and I hear, again, I hear a lot of people, oh, we'll just use those if we have a power outage. And I do not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. Right. Well, thank you for your call, Alan. That's a, that was, like I said, an important call to know this. Yeah. Morning. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thank thanks, you, sir. Alan. Enjoy your show. Bye bye. Thank you, sir. Mikey, uh, Mikey's on the line in Mobile. She's regular. What's going on, Mikey? First of all, thank you, uh, uh, Jeff, for the smoke detectors in the attic thing, and Pam for this separate separate bank account for maintenance. Those are genius <laughs> ideas. I don't care if you say you're not that smart. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, a couple of things. I'm not that smart either. But I got a couple of things to throw in. Um, the, the the lady that was talking earlier about uh, candles. Um, some things that I've learned about candles particularly here where we have slam weather and we are slamming it was 80 something degrees record breaking degrees just a few days ago and now it's freezing <laughs> overnight tonight um emergency situations whether they're summer or whether it's hurricanes or other storms or whatever if you get the battery operated candles mm-hmm. and have them on hand but don't store them with the batteries in them that's something that i had to learn the hard way um, it, just have them. It's it's better than being in the dark. Um, uh, another thing is uh, uh, solar. If you get the solar outside lights, when they're on sale, you know, right. um, and uh, uh, particularly at the time when they put them on sale, which is you know a little before now. So I'm not you know I'm not cutting anybody's sales things. Um, uh, they are again. It's better than being in the total dark. That's true. That's and, true. And, and you can pick it up. Uh, okay. And and also, the, as far as the candles, the battery-operated things, mm-hmm. this has just occurred to me that, um, you know, a lot of times when you're doing food like holidays, which are coming up, um, you don't want the kind of candles that have scents that are going to interfere with the <laughs> food scents. And so that, again, they are, they're perfectly, you know, right. I bet you there's what, a candle out there that smells like a turkey. Like pecan pie. <laughs> yeah, right. pecan but you can get the, what is I it? There is a cinnamon sugar yeah, cookie yeah. candle out there. I know. Yeah, I bet you there's one out there. All right. Thank you, Mikey. Uh, we really appreciate <laughs> it. No, I was just going to say, there really is some high level thinking, Mikey, because <laughs> right. you could have something, you know, with the. Uh, a different type of smell that wouldn't mesh well right, right. with the cooking of with Thanksgiving meal. Well, you, you know, you don't want a magnolia candle with there your. There you go. Yeah. That's true. That would be weird. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that was that's that's how. Don't I mix your some. Don't mi- don't mix your your seasonal. Uh, your seasonal. Right. I don't want a summer <laughs> candle with my Christmas dinner. All right, folks. Uh, we've got a really cool two emails coming up about tile and how to fix some tile in the restroom. So, really want to get to that. Send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is Fixit 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. If you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or the MPB Public Media app. I wanted to talk about a couple of emails that came in regarding tile. The first one Uh, we might be able to come with an answer here. Okay. I have a broken tile in my kitchen floor 
and no replacement tiles. I've not had much uh, luck trying to match sort of uh, short of replacing the entire floor. Do you know of any store that may still have tiles from 10 to 13 years ago? Thanks, Claire. There are attics all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh boy. Yeah. Yes, you, you're going to have a, uh, what, what you, are you're, you're going to have a challenge. Well, um, of course, our option is going to be. Rip it out and do it again. It's time to redo the bathroom. Right. I have uh, another thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've got, you know what? I thought you said it was the kitchen. Is it the kitchen? It is. The bathroom. The tile in the kitchen. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a rug. So uh, <laughs> we can do a rug. I was thinking, okay, look at your entire floor surface. This is going to be way off off the right-hand side here, okay? Anyway, uh, look at your entire floor surface. Where did that tile go bad? And then is there a way that you can take out other tiles near or around yeah, or off to make sure. a pattern out sure. of that sure. and replace those squares with a different color, something like that to make a pattern. You could. And that, that reminds me, I was watching a news show the other night and there was a guy that was putting mosaics in potholes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Now back to uh, this person on the kitchen tile. Um, Ooh, mosaics. It, mosaic, it, yeah. If it is caused from a covered insurance loss, then, you know, you could have a claim. Yeah. Now, if you just drop something on it and broke it, of course, that is not covered. Right. And then sometimes what will happen, there is no slab out there, if it's on a slab, uh-huh. that is completely even. And so you normally what you would do on uh-huh. putting tile down on a slab, if it's uneven, is put some thin set. Right. Under it, but all the time well, we see uneven, and there'll be but, a crack. But but they said that's been twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. something happened. Either you drop something yeah. on it, or you have a water leak. If right. you, If you had a water leak, then you have a covered loss. Right. Well, I like the idea of uh, if you're not wanting to replace, and I get that. I like the idea of a mosaic. Sure. Or a Absolutely. pattern or a rug. Yeah, cut it out, get the kids involved, right. come up with a pattern. <laughs> and then it's just kind of a fun little area in the kitchen that, you know. There you go. Yeah. Were we too whimsical on that one? Well, my friend used to call it, she wouldn't call it mosaic, she called it moziki. Moziki? <laughs> so it was moziki. Right. Just do a moziki down there. Okay. So uh, the second one, here we go. This is. Uh, all right, we've got a bathroom tile grout question. Our house is 50 or so year old ranch, right? Uh, the tub enclosure tile is original but needs new grout. We know the tile is good. The back side of the wall was recently open when we installed a new gas stove. I started to do the rerouting myself. Sorry, um, regrouting myself but ran into the finest grout lines i've ever seen uh, less mm-hmm. than one sixteenth okay. or smaller um mm-hmm. i couldn't find a grout removal bit small enough to remove the old grout so we had two uh, local tile guys come out and look at it they both authored the same solution tear it out uh time for a new bathroom tub uh, uh a new tub tile enclosure is not in the budget right now is there uh, what's the best way to replace these fine grout lines? Thanks and best, Brian and Oxford. This is what I'm going to try. Okay. This is going to be your least expensive. You can do it, you know, after you finish listening. Right. Uh, get get some non-sanded grout, mm-hmm. color of your choice. 
mix it up, mix it up relatively uh, thick, uh-huh. you know, and and grout your tile. T- take a take a small screwdriver or something and get any loose that's that's there, right? Um, and then go ahead and grout it and see what it looks like. It may be fine. Yeah. In other words, go over what's there. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Try it. Just try oh, tr- it. Yeah, try it. It, it won't take long. It, if the alternative it, is, is taking a hammer to the whole thing, then well, that's not a bad idea. Or, yeah, or a small Dremel tool. I, I was going to say a Dremel, some type of a Dremel but tool. I'm I'm trying this fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would see too. if it will get me to, you know, this time next year or whenever it's in the budget to, to redo it. Right. Can I ask you a question about that? Tell. Would you explain the difference between sanded and non-sanded <laughs> sure. grout? Um, yes, um, obviously sanded grout has sand in it. It's going to be designed for larger, um, um, grout lines. Right. And non thicker grout line. Yes. Yes. Larger. Yes. And, um, non sanded, uh, because there's no room for sand. Right. So. Okay. And you can go in. Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking a little while ago we were talking about the adhesives. Uh-huh. If you've been in a big box store lately, I mean, you just stand there with your mouth oh, open looking at all the you could spend hours. Yeah, they have a whole row hours just on adhesives. Reading about adhesives, you can do mm-hmm. the same thing with grout. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. So, but they are usually they're designated between sanded and non Right. So. Right. And you can go over to the tile section. They have they have some of it also in the grout section, <laughs> mm-hmm. which are two different places, strangely mm-hmm. enough. I'm getting ready. I've got to do that in my shower. It's about 10 years old, and I'm having some grout come up around the drain. So I've got to do the very same thing. Well, this looks like, uh, this looks like it's a cosmetic thing, and you might be able to do just what uh, Jeff said without spending a whole bunch of money. Matter of fact, if it's not much, a couple of, a couple of tubes of grout – or tubs, however you want to do it, it's, man, you're still under ten bucks. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah, a little elbow grease. Yeah, and it's it's quick, it's easy. If it works, it's a home run. If it doesn't, have you really lost anything? Not right, a weekend. Yeah, maybe an hour or so. And, and the thing too to think about, and of course, y'all know me. I love old stuff. Right. The old tile is cool. Right. Well, the guy. I will say this: the guy sent a picture of the tile. And it was groovy. Yeah, okay. I loved yeah. it. Okay. But yeah. it was definitely it Mid-century was century modern. Oh, no, yeah. It was like that 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 pea green oh, kind of. Nice. You know what I'm talking about? Nice. From the, it <laughs> was awesome. I was like, dude, do not break that tile. You can sell it for. You know. um, anyway, so I did want to talk about some of the things we mentioned today about as far as gifts go. Christmas season coming up, and if you are someone. If you know someone who's first going into a house or doesn't know a lot about this, is some of the things you can pick. One of the thing, I guess, the gift I would pick to give any new home homeowner, in my opinion, would be a cordless drill. Yes, that would be the thing I would give yep. every homeowner. Like first off, it's you know, and you can get those from everywhere from fifty bucks to. 500 bucks but but it's they're they're the handiest thing in the world and the first time you have to screw something in and your forearm hurts you'll want the cordless drill well i'll tell you this try to borrow my wife's cordless drill and we have cordless (laughs) drills everywhere right it's not happening Uh -uh. i can can assure you Mm -hmm. you are not i mean the boys have come up hey mom where's that where's your drill 
I don't know. I don't know. Haven't right. seen it. And yeah, no. And it's probably a, is it a smaller one? No, it's it's She's a, got a it's full it's size. a full size. Uh, it's probably a Milwaukee. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a good one. Yeah. And she's had it for, gosh, I don't know, ten years. Oh, I've <laughs> got, and mine is that little bitty skill yeah. that you plug it in yep. in the end, uh-huh. and it's got you can change all the bits out. But right. man, that thing is awesome. And there's nothing wrong with that small one. The only reason we have the big one is because it kind of fell off of the pile and ended up at my house. Right, so. right. And she claimed it. She put her stamp True. on it. Right. True. Well, another thing mentioned here uh, that I really liked was a retracting extension cord reel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For an extension cord, if it, one of the worst things that can happen to extension cords, I see it all the time. If you're brought up in radio or, or sound in any way, you're taught how to wind a cord so that you don't twist it. Uh, most of us don't know what we do is just wrap it around our arm. That's right. You know, and over time, that'll completely destroy that cord. Did you see what I did at my house, my shop, whenever we were over there that time? Yes. Where I took a, um, the old, oh, what's it called? The hose. Yes. The hose reel. It, it mm-hmm. wouldn't work anymore. I mean, I had worked on it, worked on it. So right. I just put my extension cords on it. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Just yeah. roll it right up. Sure. Right. That is that is something to look for for if you're looking for a holiday gift. That's something that's uh, very useful. The drill is more useful than anything around the house. Yeah, right? just don't give me a candle. Yeah, no, 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 no candles. <laughs> candle. No candles. Right. All right. Fix a 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman with the additional podcast production by Jermaine Flood. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Jeff Sammons and Pam Pibus, I'm Jason Klein. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.